Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast presented by Superbook Sports and Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. J.J. Jerez, Arif Dean here to cover uh, a stinker of a loss, 5 nothing loss to the Winnipeg Jets on the road. Um, kind of a lot of a lot to get into with this game, even though, you know, you say, hey, J.J., they didn't score any goals. What can you really talk about? It's, it's plain and simple. Just beat the goalie. But I, I have a question. What? They didn't score any goals. What the hell are we going to talk about? <laughs> Well, I think for, for starters, I remember, uh, what was it, two years ago, you and I had a podcast that we literally titled Stinkers Happen, right? So, of course, it's easy to say, look at the team right now. The roster's depleted. They have a couple guys playing their first games of the season slash of their careers. Um, so they have a lot of excuses here. We're going to let this one slide. But I, I like Jared Bednar's post game there right he kind of kept it to no excuses blame blames the effort blames the checking and just was disappointed in keeping that standard high and, and i love that about him so that that's where i wanted to start with a stinkers happened we have some excuses but jared bednar is not letting any excuses fly right now how many times have we said that already this season that jared his standard is so high for this team it always has been but even more so now it's just business as usual to the point where I think he summed it up perfectly. The exact phrase he said was, we're, we have a lot of injuries, we're injury depleted, and when you have this many injuries, you cannot have any passengers, and we had too many of them tonight. So I thought he was going a whole other way with it. He mentioned the injuries, and I thought it was like, you know, when you have this many injuries, like you said, stinkers happen, and you know, you're just going to, you're not going to win them all. But no, he said, when you have this many injuries, you cannot have passengers, and we had too many of them tonight. So who he's calling out exactly, that's your guess, my guess, everybody else that watched the game's guess, but he wasn't happy with far too many people's performances tonight. Yeah, I like how he said there was a lack of punch, right? And I feel like he was kind of referring more to, the, the season as a whole, because the question posed to him there was about 5v5 and just kind of saying that they've had a lack of punch at 5v5, that the power play has been uh, a big deal for him. And when they weren't performing tonight, well, that you see what happens. But, um, you know, just a straight shooter calling it like it is and, and you know, just, I guess, assessing the game the, the best he can with what he's got right now. I mean, he just has, I guess, a, a tough challenge in front of him and, I don't know. He, he he kind of feels to me like he's half throwing his hands up in the air. Like, what am I going to do? You know, this is, this is what I got. But half also demanding a, a high effort out of these guys Bingo. all the time. Bingo. That's what it is. It's half of it is like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this kind of a lineup? And the other half is, but I know I have some guys in this lineup that should be playing their best hockey every night. And a lot of them have been. Alexander Georgiev, what did we say the other day? He probably hasn't had a bad game yet this season. Well, it's safe to say he has now and it's okay. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, Kel McCarr, Devontae's, Arturi Lekkinen, Miko Rettinen. Those are your top guys, your top line, your top D pair. They've been performing every night. But what Jared is basically saying is I have guys in this lineup that I've won the cup with that I know can compete. And I know have that level of game. Even if Alex Newhook has two wingers that are making their season debut, even if JT Comfer is playing with, you know, a couple of guys that are usually on the fourth line and O'Connor and Cogliano and not someone like Burakovsky from last year or, you know, a more scoring kind of punch of a line, uh, it doesn't make a difference. Those are guys that I know could compete. So, yes, I'm going to throw my hands up because we're missing a lot of guys, but the guys in the lineup cannot have those types of losses. Uh, I want to go back to the win against Dallas the other night. And yeah, we brought it up on the podcast that he hasn't really had a bad game yet. And in that win against Dallas, your had a fantastic night, right? 41 saves and 
there I was in the locker room and I brought up to him. We haven't really seen a bad game out of you this regular season. Well, thank you for the jinx. I, I wonder if he's sitting there just <laughs> shaking his fist at that guy. Uh, who, who's that, that idiot that was at the home game the other day? God. But, you know, I mean, that that game wasn't necessarily his fault. A lot of uh, odd man rushes his way. A lot of his de- own defensemen sliding into him. And, uh, you know, just a tough night for Georgiev all around. But, but I wouldn't necessarily blame him. But you look at the other side of the ice and – uh, Connor Hellebuck with the shutout. I guess that's the question here. Did, do you think the Avalanche got Connor Hellebucked tonight, or did they just simply not give him the the tests that he needed? No, no. Connor Hellebuck is way too good a goalie to look at what the Avalanche put on him tonight and call that him playing his best. It was it was one of the easier shutouts you'll have. The Avalanche had a very Carolina Hurricane esque type of game where they just put a lot of shots on net, and it was more quantity than quality. Is ultimately what it was. Uh, for this Avalanche team, uh, a good stat that I saw today was from Bennett at the Denver Post was prior to the season, they had been shut out. Well, not prior to the season, prior to 13 games ago, they had been shut out once in their last 153 games. And I believe it was to the Carolina Hurricanes last year, coincidentally. They have not been shut out twice in their last 13 games, obviously without Landis Gog, without Nichushkin, without a lot of guys. So um, this team is just struggling to... <laughs> there's two storylines at the end of every game. And this is what we've been doing for the last seven or eight games. And this is what we're going to continue to do until this team gets healthy at the end of every game. We're either going to say, how the hell are they doing it? Or these losses are just going to happen when you have this many injuries, but they're either surprising us or they're struggling because this is what's meant to happen. And that's the storyline every single night. When they beat the Dallas Stars, we're like, how are they doing this? When they lost to the Vancouver Canucks, we're like, if they just had one or two more weapons in the lineup, they would have beat them. The injuries are catching up. Now they lost, the injuries are catching up. They win their next game, how are they doing this? It's it's ultimately what it's going to be until they're healthy. So I I don't know, man. It's 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 tough right now. I, I would not say by any means that Hellebuck, Hellebuck the Avalanche had his best performance of the season, but still earned the shutout. I actually, that was a little tidbit I had written down that I was going to get into. Um, I guess I didn't realize it had been that long, but I was definitely going to point out that it was only one shutout all year last year and already at two this year. And I think that, that, I mean, not only tells you where they're at in terms of, you know, injuries, but I also feel like, you know, we can kind of just have to face the reality that the, there are some growing pains with how much of a different team there this is this year. And, um, you know, maybe it's not as a defensively responsible unit at, that we've seen so far this year. Maybe it's just simply the goal scoring hasn't been there to uh, beat these teams the way they need to. But getting shut out twice already in the season when the season prior they only had one, I think that that's a kind of a telling thing. I don't know. I might be overreacting there, but I, I'm I'm reading into that kind of deeply. No, don't don't get it twisted. This isn't this isn't about the team being different from last year. This is about the injuries. And I, I'm not going to make, I, I hate to pretend I'm making excuses for the team, but that's ultimately what it is. So like, think back to before the injury started to mount before the Nichushkin injury, because that was the first of a long list of them. The avalanche, you know, they kind of started rough, no Landeskog, no helm. And on top of that, Rodriguez first four or five games, zero points, new hook for seven or eight games, zero points. A lot of guys hadn't found their footing yet and no Landeskog, no helm. Well, ever since the shutouts have started, it was no Nichushkin, seven goals, 
and no Byram, no Gerard, and you know the injuries have kind of started to pile on now. No Rodriguez either. So in the beginning of the season, when we were talking about this team just like struggling, and I went on my big rant about how they let Nazem Kadri go, which obviously still applies. Um, they didn't have Landeskog, they didn't have Helm, they still did not have Newhook and Rodriguez kind of up to speed. And Newhook by by no means is broken out completely, but he's doing a lot better than he was in the beginning of the year. Well, ever since Nichushkin got injured which is a big piece. Uh, ever since the Chushkin went down and joined Landeskog and Helm, Rodriguez has since picked it up in a big way, in a huge way, actually. Newhook has since picked up his game. So the Avalanche have yet to have a game this year with Newhook, Rodriguez, and Nichushkin all playing great. They had Nichushkin, the one guy on that line playing well, and then when he got hurt, the other two guys picked it up. So had they had only Landeskog and Helm injured this whole time on the forward core, by now they would have two really good lines. Newhook, Rodriguez, and Nichushkin would be doing great by now. Beginning of the year, they were struggling because of the other two. So the injuries are the biggest thing here that's affecting this team is no Landeskog, no Helm. And then when Nichushkin went down, that's when the other guys picked it up once. And I have to say not when, but if this team gets healthy to the point, where Nichushkin, Landeskog, Helm, Newhook, all these guys on forward are in the lineup at the same time, they're going to be a hell of a lot better than they were the first three or four games of the season. We could still say that we missed Nazem Kadri, but they will be a lot better. It is the injuries are the reason why this team is getting shut out right now. You shut down that top line, you shut down the avalanche. It's as easy as that right now, especially when you take out secondary scoring like Rodriguez from the lineup. Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say. There's two sides of it, right? There's the depth conversation and the depth argument. Like, hey, I mean, adding Landeskog, adding Nachushkin isn't going to help the depth scoring whatsoever. Um, but there's a trickle-down effect there, right? Once once you plug in those guys to the top, some guys get bumped down to the third line, bumped down to the fourth line, etc. cetera. So, um, you know, it, again, there's two sides to that. So who knows what's actually true? I think you're right. Um and I was just overreacting once they get some guys back in the lineup because we've seen what they've done, right? I mean, we're just riding a wave. I guess I'm just riding a wave here of the loss because otherwise they've been playing great hockey and they've been pulling out some wins that maybe they shouldn't have been, but they've been pretty uh, convincing wins. So, um, yeah, I guess it's it's not much to look into. I mean, like John Mitchell said on the broadcast, good to see John Mitchell on the broadcast, by yeah. the way. Um, but you got to have the quick memory, right? And if there's anybody who uh, knows how to bounce back from a loss. I guess it's John Mitchell because he's seen a lot of losses um, in his day. Uh, so I guess he knows exactly the conversation that's had in yeah. the locker room. And, and you and I and Peter even kind of discussed the energy in that locker room after the Vancouver loss. It was very much a bounce back kind of attitude, right? Nobody really hanging their head too low. Nobody really seeming to have a bad energy. I'm sure it's very similar tonight. Just, hey, quick memory, let's bounce back and, and get ready for the next one. Yeah, I mean, look, when you, you you have to have the conversations, the coach has to have those conversations. Because if you remember after Vancouver, Jared said, and even McKinnon, a lot of guys said, like, they felt they had a good game. Uh, you know, just let a couple too many bounces go against them. And then obviously the whole Kel McCarr fiasco with the penalty and all that and the four on four goal and whatever. But today's game, they did not play well. And Jared, you know, obviously made that be known in his post game presser. And, and now, you are going to have that bounce back mentality, but you got to have that conversation first. Like, Hey guys, this is what went wrong. And we know right now we're injury depleted. We cannot have this happen again. And then after that you have that conversation of, all right, it's time to bounce back. Uh, 
because that's all you can do. And that's, that's what winning teams do. They have a winning mindset. Uh, but going back to the injuries real quick, and I know, look, we, we've had this conversation. We're going to continue to have the conversation about the Avalanche needing to add reinforcements, especially a second-line center. But a fully, fully healthy forward core right now. Lekkanen, McKinnon, Rantanen, is there anything wrong with that line? No. Okay. Line two. Landeskog, Newhook, and Nachushkin. Is there anything wrong with that? Uh, I mean – You'd like as long as Newhook's you'd, playing. Pete you'd like Newhook, it's yeah, fine. You'd like it, yeah. something better, but even if Newhook was a thirty-five point guy, you got Natushin Landeskog on your wing. I'm not saying for the playoffs. I'm saying for right now, like in the regular season, mm-hmm. that's a good line. Yeah. Third line: JT Comfer with Evan Rodriguez and Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, yeah. Depending how how that kind of develops, uh, the yep. Galchenyuk project, I guess. Yeah, and then fourth line: Cogliano, Helm, O'Connor. Yeah, you love that. So, line. yeah. So, you know, they don't have a lot of depth after that. You know, maybe Ben Myers, maybe Curtis McDermott when he's healthy. It's another guy we keep forgetting is injured. Not that he's a big forward piece, but he's another piece of the injury group right now. Um, they don't have a lot of depth after that. But if those 12 guys were all healthy right now, those are pretty good lines. Like, I know Galchenyuk just played his first game, but he's got some chemistry with uh, what's his face with. Um, with. Uh, oh, my God. With Evan Rodriguez. And that's if you're. Case. Yeah, that's his face. And if you remember training camp, it was Rodriguez, Newhook, and Galchenyuk. So, hey, if you want to do what the Avalanche did when Kadri was injured last year and flip Newhook and Comfer, well, now Comfer's playing between Landeskog and Nichushkin, just like he did for five games against the Oilers and the Lightning. And then your third line is that line with chemistry. It's Newhook with Rodriguez and Galchenyuk. So, like, there are options there to get you through the regular season until you figure out if you need a second-line center and who that second-line center is going to be when you probably decide you do need one. Um but that's how many pieces are missing from the lineup right now. They would have no Dryden Hunt in the lineup, no Martin Kaut, who obviously was sick today, no Sampo Ranta, no Mikhail Maltsev, no Anton Bleed, none of those guys that, you know, probably shouldn't be in the lineup. The the weakest link, and I only call him the weakest right now, is because we don't know what we're going to get from him, from the lineup that I listed, is Galchenyuk. And if Galchenyuk picks up his game to be a respectable forward, then who's going to be your weakest link? Galchenyuk or O'Connor or like Cogliano or Helm? Like, that's a good lineup. So they got to get healthy. You just got to hope they get healthy because I know last year, everybody got healthy at the right time, but it is not a guarantee that's going to happen. Sometimes you have seasons where it just fucking sucks and you just got to hope this isn't one of them. Yep. Those were my thoughts. Exactly. So I guess, um, here's the guess. Not when, if they get healthy. Right. I mean, yeah, that that's never a guarantee. And especially, you know, once one guy comes back, another guy might fall that's in the lineup right now. You never know. And I feel like they, they got super fortunate last playoffs and to just have that expectation that that's going to happen again. I mean, we've talked about how they've battled injuries for what, three, four years now, and they just had that perfect storm last year. So to kind of bank on that perfect storm happening again, it's not a wager I would take, especially if I was using Superbook sports. Um, we know Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands, and now they will match 100% of your first bet, up to $1,000, no matter if the bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy sports this fall. You know, we got the knockout round coming out for the World Cup here, and, of course, hockey's in full swing. NBA, I mean, I feel like the NBA is pretty easy to predict to help juice up your parlays. So visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all the action. Visit Superbook.com. For terms and conditions, gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Arif, we saw uh, 
like we already brought up, Alex Galchenyuk's first game and Jean-Luc Foodie's first game. Um, Jean-Luc Foodie's first game in the NHL, too. Not really the best uh, game you want to have um, as your first career game ever, but uh, I guess just your thoughts on those two playing their uh, their first games in Avalanche Sweaters this season. For Galchenyuk, I mean, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be obviously some chemistry that needs to be built. And, you know, right now he's kind of being slotted in as like, I don't want to say the savior, but like, oh, thank God we got another body when like really he's supposed to be the forward version of Jack Johnson. That's just kind of like, you know, used here and there sporadically. And then obviously Jack was relied upon heavily in the playoffs and as a in, as a top four defenseman in a way, kind of. He was, you know, second. No, no, yeah, you're right. Really he, he definitely... He grew into the right. He grew into, but the he role. grew into it. Yeah. He wasn't thrown into it. Like, could you imagine day one of the regular season that that's where he was playing? No, like Jack Johnson was playing on the third pair, chilling, scoring breakaway goals on Marc Andre <laughs> Fleury. Like he was just having a good time. Uh, Galchenyuk, a little bit of the opposite. So was it the best game? No, uh, but he saw thirteen forty-two of ice time. He didn't have any shots. It's going to take him a little bit of time to get going, but uh, I think the Avalanche are going to get from him. You know what you would expect to get from someone who's on a PTO. He's going to be a Again, like a very forward type of role of what Jack Johnson did last year, where he's not going to win you games necessarily, but he's not going to lose you games. He's going to be a guy that's going to help and pitch in. And if he starts to win you games, you've hit the jackpot. Um, so that's kind of my my take on Galchenyuk after one game. Yeah, I mean, my question that I was going to pose to you are, is if the expectations are of him are a little unfair, but the fact that you kind of had the same stance as me, the one that, hey, if there's going to be a learning curve, the expectations might be a little unfair at first, but I mean, that's just going to be natural and he'll eventually grow into him. Hopefully here, um, you know, kind of tells me that that's probably where a lot of avalanche fans have their mindset right now too, right? The expectations aren't necessarily high because they're reasonable. They know what he's been through so far this year and they're not exactly um, expecting him to come save the season, but Hey, he needs to get in and contribute. I mean, this isn't just a, uh, a, a side piece project, a guy we want to see in the press box. Once the team's healthy, this guy I think needs, not only has an opportunity here, but needs to seize it. Yeah, 100%. I think that's that's spot on. And this is a guy that could be a big piece of your lineup. I mean, look, guys like Nicholas Obe Kubel and Nico Sturm ended up playing big parts of that Stanley Cup run. And this is what you want from every guy in your lineup. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how many of our listeners are big fans of Sportsnet and Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, but Elliot Friedman said something after the Stanley Cup final that really stuck out to me. He said, when you look up and down the Tampa Bay lineup and you look up and down the Avalanche lineup, and even when the teams had injuries and had to slot in guys into the lineup, there wasn't a single passenger on that ice. Neither the 12 forwards, neither the six defensemen, neither the goalies that played. There was not a single passenger on that ice on either team. The fourth lines were out there mucking it up, busting their asses off. The third lines were out there doing the same thing. You can't have passengers. That's obviously the thing that's going on right now with the Avalanche lineup. There's like six or seven guys every night that are playing that you're like, eh, these guys aren't going to see the light of day when it comes to the playoffs, assuming, knock on wood, you're healthy. Um, so for Galchenyuk, if you expect to be on this team, you can't be a passenger. I mean, look at one of the guys I just mentioned, Nicolas Aubé Kubel. He earned a one-year, $1 million contract with the Toronto Maple Leafs became a passenger, was put on waivers. Now he's playing for the Washington Capitals that look like they're on the outside of the playoff picture. So you can't be a passenger in this league, especially when the games start to matter. For Galchenyuk, you want to play those big minutes in the playoffs, you cannot be a passenger. And I'm not calling him out after one game. I'm just saying that he, you hope and want to see him kind of seize that opportunity, like you said. 
It's kind of fascinating seeing how many AHL call-ups there already have been this year, right? Looking at Jean-Luc Foodie in his first game. But I also, I kind of like the strategy that Jared Bednar seems to use. And I kind of feel like it goes back all the way since he got here. He's never really liked to have a call-up. I feel like Martin Kaut might be the uh, outlier here. But like he's never really liked to keep call-ups up for too long because obviously he's limiting their playing time. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just a testament to the call-ups not necessarily grasping the uh, opportunity as as much as they can. But yeah, I think I think I kind of like the revolving door of AHLers to see hey who who can maybe catch lightning in a bottle and you know have a good stretch of games and stay up for a few nights. But otherwise, he kind of keeps them around for short periods. Yeah, so it's a little bit of that. It's it's none of them are really seizing the opportunity, but it's also the rea- reality that like I think Jared knows a lot of these guys he's calling up aren't supposed to seize the opportunity. They're not ready. So you don't want to really throw them to the wolves for too much. You want to give each one a taste here and there. Let's bring up Maltza for a little bit. Let's bring up Ranta for a bit. Here's Anton Bleed, more of a veteran presence. Here's Oscar Olison play his first game. Here's Shane Bowers obviously gets injured, but his first game. So like we've seen NHL debuts for Shane Bowers. Oscar Olausen and now John Luke Foodie. So it's kind of been quite a few of them. Uh, but to answer your question or to to kind of add to that comment that you just had about the Avalanche using a lot of call-ups already, they had 39 skaters all of last season. John Luke Foodie and Alex Galchenyuk were 30 and 31. We are what, 20 games in the season? They're inching their way. Yeah, they're getting there. Ever since I brought that up, I, I've been thinking, I forget, his last name I think was Henry. And he came up for one game, played one NHL game, and I don't think we ever heard from him again. He <laughs> scored in that game. And I'm trying to remember if that was a Jared Bednar call-up or if that was a Patrick Wall call-up. I think it was Jared Nick Bednar Henry. in his first year. Nick Henry, one goal, one game. And I think I even remember during his call-up, they were kind of like, ah, you know, he's kind of like that. He's a good guy, tries hard, loves the game. You really got those vibes um, during the call-up. Like He just really has earned a call-up. Um, and we saw him for one game and he went right back down. Poor guy. I don't think he ever played in the NHL again. Uh, I don't think it was Nick Henry. I like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of, I know who you're thinking of. There was a person that did it. It was definitely not Nick Henry. I put up his page. I know I I have his picture. So keep talking while I scroll scroll through my whole It was. I'm like very, very, I have like this vague memory of a player coming up, scoring in his one game and never seeing the light of day again. It was definitely not Nick Henry. Nick Henry played in the AHL for, I want to say, close to 75-ish games and had like seven goals. Nothing crazy, maybe six goals. Um, but he never got time in the NHL. And, and then last year, he was in the AHL and the ECHL. So he stuck around for a little while. But yeah, Nick Henry was way before that time, that time period. And that may have been Patrick Wall. Ah, oh, that was some good. You, you know what? When the avalanche trying to when, buy me time there, but I can't. When the avalanche, when the avalanche, it. when the avalanche lose five nothing, it's totally fine to have moments like this where we pull up random ass stats because you know what? Avalanche fans love this kind of stuff. Ah, well, I'm disappointing all the avalanche fans by not finding who this guy is. But Samuel Henley, Sam Henley, there we go. That's who it was. 2016-17, one game, one goal. I very much remember this now. I vividly remember this because he had one shot. He had right. One shot, one goal. Yep, I remember this. And again, it, it definitely had vibes Good on of you. like, this guy did not 
He doesn't really have a NHL talent, but he sure has been trying hard down there he's, in the NHL. He's, he's earned a call-up in the season where nothing matters on December 1st against Columbus. Yeah, I remember that. He played five minutes and 18 seconds, scored a goal, two penalty minutes. What a guy. Um, well, since I derailed us, let's bring it back in and look ahead. <laughs> Buffalo Sabres are next. Um, they've been kind of bad lately. They had an eight-game losing streak there for a second, and they've lost 10 of their last 12. Right now, they're on a two-game losing streak. And tomorrow night, they'll be playing or in Detroit. Yeah, in Detroit. Back, Is today Tuesday? Yeah, today's, today's Tuesday. Tuesday. So they're in Detroit Wednesday and then home against the Avalanche Thursday. So Colorado will be watching that game uh, from Buffalo, which is probably a weird feeling if you're yeah. in the city of the team you're about to play watching them from from another city. But uh, yeah, they're, they're playing your boys in the Red Wings. So what what do you think <laughs> about the, the Avs of Buffalo on Thursday? You think it's a good chance to take advantage of a back to back here? Yeah, I think so. It's going to probably be well, not probably. It might be Craig Anderson. It might be Eric Comrie. Uh, maybe even Uko Pekka Lukanen, but the Sabres are such an interesting team because they have the 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 duo on on defense with uh, Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power. And Rasmus Dahlin has been so good, man. He's got I don't know if anybody realizes Rasmus Dahlin's got twenty four points in twenty one games, eight goals. Like he's a plus ten. He's far and away the best player on that team. But then you have Cage Thompson, 14 goals, 14 assists, 28 points in 22 games. Jeff Skinner is a point per game. Alex Tuck is a point per game. They have weapons, and right now they have more weapons than the Avalanche. So going into that game, the Avalanche are going to need to do two things. They're going to need to be defensively strong against these top guys because they weren't against the Jets. Blake Wheeler had a hat trick. Mark Scheifele had three points. Josh Morrissey had two. Cole Perfetti had three assists. So they're going to need to be defensively strong against the weapons on the other side. And alternatively, their top guys are going to need to produce because if they don't, as we saw, you can't have many passengers and especially not from your top guys right now. Yeah, definitely not a team you you want to look past. And they've kind of been that team for a few years, right? I mean, they're, they're kind of that pesky team that always sucks but can beat you on any given night, right? I, I hate betting against the Buffalo Sabres because, I mean, you even look at last night. They took the Tampa Bay Lightning to overtime. Uh, it was a high-scoring affair, that was a um, but you know they you, you never know what to expect out of them because they do have a lot of talent and a lot of potential. It just depends on what version of them you get on a given night. So nothing to look past and a, a chance to bounce back from kind of an embarrassing game in Winnipeg and just see if you can right the ship uh, and finish with another strong, at least winning record on on a, this current road trip like they did on the last one. Yeah, that would be ideal for them. You wanna you wanna bring out you know you want to get some wins here you don't have too many easy games coming up after the sabers you have the bruins and then obviously the easy game in the flyers but then you got the blue bruins the rangers and the blues i'm <laughs> struggling here i think bruins start... the rangers and the blues i mean the that's bluins, kind of a, the rangers and the blues um yeah the rangers the bluins let's start to wind this down because i don't know about you but this 6-5 Seattle Kraken game over the LA Kings that's not even halfway through is looking really enticing right now. And, you know, late night podcasts aren't our strength. Let's call a spade a spade. Um, all right. Well, yeah, that'll do it tonight. Of course, check out our friends over at Superbook Sports and Total Beverage in Thornton and Westminster. Real, real thoughts, quick, Tara. real quick. Yeah, you know what we just did? Um, remember the 16-17 season when it was so bad that when you put on altitude, it was just a whole bunch of like off the rails comedy more than it was covering hockey because it was so depressing. That was the only way to keep the fans engaged. <laughs> yeah, except without That's the comedy. Literally what we just did.
So we did did it without the comedy, though. Attempted comedy, I should say. Altitudes. Attempted comedy sometimes is funny, sometimes is as bad as what we're doing right now. Well, maybe for the next stinker, if there is another one this this year, you know, I'm hoping not to see another shutout since we've already seen two. Uh, but instead of writing a, a show rundown, I'm just going to write jokes. And, and <laughs> we'll just come and deliver yeah. a quick little 15, 20 minute stand up from each of us and get out of here. <laughs> I'm down for that. Right on. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I guess even though it was short, definitely bless your heart if you made it this far in the podcast. Uh, Let's make hockey for everyone. We got you.